If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to open up to Philippians chapter 4. All right, if you don't have a Bible, that's fine. It's going to be on the screen behind us. Um, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians is a letter that was written to a church in Philippi by the Apostle Paul. All right, and we have been in a series that we have called Stuck. All right, Stuck. And we've been in this for a little while. And spoiler, we're going to be in it for a little while. Okay, and uh, the idea for this is pretty simple, but I think it's incredibly important. We want, our, we want people, we want our church to be free. Uh, but the problem is, is so many people, so many Christians aren't free because one thing or another in their life is holding them back. Okay, like they are stuck. There's something that is going on that, that just keeps them kind of in the same spot. They're unable to grow, unable to move forward, unable to be used by God really in a full, complete way that God would want to. Uh, and it can be all sorts of different things that are holding people back, uh, causing them to be stuck. Each one of us is unique. And because of that, we probably have a lot of varying things uh, and varying degrees of things in our life that are causing us to be stuck. All right? And, and what we want to do is we want to kind of cover some topics that we think might be some of these areas. All right, areas that are just kind of uh, difficult for some of us and holding us back. All right, uh, some of them might be sin, some of them might just be areas that we struggle with, uh, but they are essentially stopping us from being used by God in the way that we should be. So the first couple weeks we talked about sexual sin, all right, and how it is so prevalent in our society. All right, the last few weeks, we have been looking at our mind a little bit more, okay? So we were looking at uh, negative thoughts in the first week, all right? Like thoughts that just kind of control you and you just nonstop are thinking about negative things, all right? Uh, we also then talked about last week, Pastor Kyle actually shared about busyness and hurry, all right? And I want to challenge you, if you miss that message, go back and watch it. Like this might be one of the biggest things the biggest things like in our world, in our country, that is really stopping people from engaging with God. All right, like, and, and I would actually even say one of the biggest things that is stopping Christians from engaging with God is just this busyness. Our calendar is too full. We are stretched too thin. We are doing too many things. All right, so that was incredibly powerful. I want to encourage you, go back and watch it if you missed it. Uh, and today we are going to start a conversation that is pretty heavy uh, for some, and we're going to continue it in a different way next week. We are going to be looking at the idea of mental health. All right, mental health. And this is massive in our world, and it isn't going away. Uh, the younger generations coming up are dealing with this uh, to an even greater extent, and it seems to be even more widespread. All right, and so now understand this. When, I, when we talk about mental health, and today we're going to look at like anxiety, when I say anxiety, a lot of different things can come to mind depending on the person. All right, and in many ways, uh, I am not qualified to talk about a lot of the world of mental health. All right, and we actually have some people in our church that are much more qualified to talk about this. Uh, but so some anxiety can be kind of medically diagnosed, could be stemming from uh, chemical imbalances. Uh, I'm not really the guy to be talking about that. But I'm excited for next week. Uh, because I have somebody that's going to be joining me uh, to talk to our church kind of about that side of anxiety and depression. All right, it's an area that for the most part, I think the church as a whole, even just beyond our church, the church in general has been pretty silent and quiet about the area of mental health. Uh, and we want to talk about that. 
All right, so some anxiety uh, is rooted in more traumatic events or trauma that has happened in people's lives. All right, and this could be PTSD uh, or from abuse in your past uh, or, or someone who just has, has broken trust in some type of way that has created trauma in your life. And there could be anxiety that is stemming from that. All right, uh, some anxiety is almost more situation-based, like in the moment. Like, hey, at the bottom of this ladder, I'm fine. At the top of the ladder, there's anxiety, right? Like you're scared of heights and you're like, I, I'm, I don't want to be doing this, all right? You know, that was always me. I, I don't like heights, all right? Um, and so some of it could be more situation-based. That's kind of a goofy example, but th there's others that could be more serious. Uh, and some anxiety is rooted in a more spiritual side of things. Okay, and this is about the only one that I feel like a little bit qualified to kind of talk about. And, and I want us to look at this. And as a church, uh, we don't ever want to shy away from subjects that are important. Uh, we want to be talking about things that are present uh, in our culture and in our world and in our lives. All right, and I think that this is very prevalent in our world. This is a difficult topic, and we may not always have all of the right answers, but we shouldn't shy away from it just because of that. All right, we do believe that the Bible can and does speak to anything that we would experience in life. Not always in a super easy way. You know, there's no specific verse that tells us when it's okay to give your kids a smartphone. Wouldn't that be nice if you could just look up in a verse and it's like, oh, perfect. But I do believe that as we, as we go through Scripture and as we become closer to God, that really in many ways, Scripture can speak to anything that is in our life. All right, uh, anything. And I believe that God still wants to guide us and speak to us and use us in 2021 and that he does that oftentimes through his word. All right, and the Bible does talk about anxiety in a few different ways. So next week, we're going to look at this deeper, heavier side of it. All right, and I'm excited for that. I, excited is a, a loose term that I'm going to use. Like I'm not like happy and joyous about it, but it's, it is so needed. And, and so I, I'm ready for us to kind of uh, at least start that conversation. But today I want us to just kind of look at this idea of general anxiety, not necessarily an anxiety disorder, but just anxiety that might be in your life, in my life, in different ways. So let's define what we mean by anxiety. All right, so Webster's Dictionary defines anxiety as fear or nervousness about what might happen about what might happen. Fear or nervous about what might happen. Not what will happen, but what might happen. Really, what this is, is we are making predictions about what could happen, and then oftentimes we turn around and torment ourselves with those predictions. Right? Like, that, that's what's happening. We're like, all of these possibilities, and then we let them kind of plague us. Uh, one study found that 85% of what people worry about never happens. 85% of what people worry about never happens. And then there's a massive group of that 15% that they said, when it does happen, I, like, I actually handled it better than what I thought. It wasn't as bad as what I thought it was going to be. Um, and so if anxiety and anxious thoughts is one side, and what we don't want, the other side of that coin would be peace. All right? Peace is what we hope to have. Peace is defined as freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. All right? That's our word right there. Freedom. That, that's what we are going after in this series. Stuck. Freedom from disquieting or, or oppressive thoughts or emotions. And really, as Christians, what we are saying uh, isn't just peace. 
All right, this isn't like some inner peace, enlightenment type thing. We are seeking after the peace of God, the peace that only he can give. All right, so let's do this. It's kind of a super long intro, uh, but we are going to read our verses, and then we're going to kind of jump right into things. All right, so I want to make sure right now that we just have a mindset where we are ready uh, and, and that we are excited for this time together. I think this can make a massive difference in some of our lives. All right, so can we stand across this place uh, as we kind of look at our passage for today? This is in Philippians 4, starting in verse number 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God will transcend all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. God, we just ask right now, Lord, that, uh, that you, the God of peace, even now would just be present. Lord, maybe as we begin to talk about this topic, there might be people in the room that are already beginning to feel uneasy and, and what is going to happen, what's going to be said, uh, all sorts of different things. God, I pray that your peace would just be so evident in this room, Lord, and that you would just speak to us this morning. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys can have a seat. Uh, as, as Pastor Kyle and I have been talking about this series, uh, we want to make sure that we don't just highlight the problems that people are facing, but actually get to biblical wisdom and practical ways to become unstuck. I think most of us, if you feel like you might be stuck, we usually know where we are stuck. Like It's like there isn't this complete shock of like, oh, that's what I deal with? I deal with negative thoughts? Like Usually you'd be like, oh yeah, this is me. All right, and, but we wanted to go beyond just kind of highlighting them. We want to say, all right, what does it actually look like to move beyond this? And so today we're going to jump right back in, and we're going to go back to our passage a few times and apply different parts. And I think sometimes this passage that we just read can feel almost cliche. And like, oh, okay, this is where we're going. We're talking about anxiety, and he's just going to say, like, oh, you just got to think about good things. Like, just kind of figure this out. You know, and I, I want to challenge you. Like, we're going to hopefully dissect this in a few new ways for you. Uh, and, and just some simple ways that we can do this. All right, so think of anxiety almost kind of like a dash light coming on on your car. Uh, and I want to give us some things to help us figure out why that could be happening. All right, so if you're taking notes, we're going to jump in and go through a few things that you can kind of check in yourself uh, if you're feeling these moments. So the first one is this. If you are experiencing anxiety instead of peace... Check your intake. All right? Uh, every day, we fill our minds with different things. We wake up and probably have some type of routine in the morning that starts our day off. Uh, and your mo morning routine can set up how the rest of the day is going to go. All right? And if one of the first things that you do is grab your phone and fill your mind with social media and news, I can tell you right now, your day is not going to go as well. Right? Like if, if that's the first thing you do, you roll over, you shut the alarm off, and you grab it, you open it up, and you go to whatever app in your phone. Like your life is going to be harder that day. All right, we were not meant to have the problems of the world at our fingertips. 
All right, one of the most common things I hear from people nowadays is like, oh, the world is just falling apart. Everything is getting so much worse, all these different things. Uh, and you know what? Hey, the world has been falling apart ever since Adam and Eve decided to try it their own way. All right, like that, that's just the truth. And I don't actually know if the world really is falling apart any more now than it ever has in history. We just get to have a front row seat and watch it. All right, like every single thing, we open up our phone. Like I, I think back to when Afghanistan was happening and, and when, when people were leaving Syria and some of these things. Like I think there's a moment where it's good for us to kind of press in and be able to feel some of that pain that, that our world is feeling. And sometimes brothers and sisters in Christ are feeling. But then there also is a moment where it's like we were not meant to shoulder every single problem in the world. And if we are constantly filling our mind with all sorts of different news and watching these videos over and over, like, there is a point where it definitely becomes unhealthy. All right? And, and, and you and I, we don't have the emotional capacity to handle everything that is happening in this world. All right? That's not to, like, downplay anything um, that's going on in our world to say that it's, it's not falling apart any more than it ever has. There's a lot of serious things happening, but... There has been a lot of serious things happening for years and years and years. All right, and we are not meant to shoulder that weight. Social media, in so many ways, is ruining us. It's rewiring us. There, there are healthy ways to use social media. Most people aren't failing, though, by erring on the side of being really healthy. Like, I'm too healthy with social media. No, like, we oftentimes are on the other side. All right, like, it, that's a, a hard line to find. And it so often can be such a detriment to us uh, and in our lives, all right? So if you have been feeling anxious, if you have moments where you feel overwhelmed, like the first thing you need to do is take a step back and check your intake. Like what am I allowing into my life, all right? Some of us, you might have some really unhealthy people that you give way too much weight to their voice in your life. Like your intake is social media, news, and a couple of really unhealthy people that want to just, like, speak negative things. And you're like, oh, I don't know why my life is so bad and I'm always so anxious. Like, okay, well, we need to check our intake. And if you have all this junk that is coming in, and then you're trying to figure out how to get rid of it, all right, like, you're already losing, all right? Uh, I, I'm sure most of us have heard, because it's been going on for a while, but, like, think about Flint, Michigan, all right, and, and what do we think of right away when we hear Flint, Michigan? Water. Like, they have this bad water problem. They cannot drink their water. They cannot uh, cook with their water. Like, it, there's all this lead poisoning that's happening, and, and it's further than just Flint. But think about right now, like, many of them, they are putting filters on their taps. They are drinking filtered water, things like that. Is that a long-term solution? No. Like, the long-term thing is, like, that needs to get fixed. Because the water that is coming in for them is unhealthy. And then they are trying to filter it. All right? They, you need to go to the source and you need to change what the source is. Okay, and for some of us right now, when it comes to anxiety in our life, we are trying to, we're letting everything in and then we're trying to filter it out. And be like, oh man, this wasn't good for me. I shouldn't, you know, we need to go to the source and be like, what am I allowing into my life? What am I allowing in? All right, instead of putting a Band-Aid on it and trying to filter it, we need to go to the source and remove some of that. 
all right? We need to stop doing damage control after the fact. The reality is there's so much junk in some of our minds that when we pray for God to give us peace, there's nowhere for God to put it. Like, he looks at your mind like, okay, I got, I got a handful of peace for you here, and your mind is filled with junk. Like, what, what am I supposed to do with this? And so we need to be able to remove some of those things, clear that out for ourselves, so that God actually can walk into our life and say, hey, let me bring peace. All right, so this verse, it says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. All right, now that's, again, it sounds cliche, but it's a cliche thing that so many of us are not doing. All right, it needs to be something that we can fix. All right, second thing, if you are struggling with anxiety, don't isolate yourself. All right, don't isolate yourself. This doesn't mean that you can't ever be alone. All right, like the introverts in the room, I say don't isolate yourself, and they just begin to clam up, and they're like, what do you mean? Like, I have to have my alone time. All right, no, what, what this means is that in those moments when anxiety is hitting you, don't let your response be to isolate yourself. I want to quickly look at two situations in the Bible. First is in 1 Kings 19. It's the prophet Elijah. Elijah was a prophet, which meant that uh, God kind of spoke to him, and he spoke to God's people. He was a representative or spokesperson for God. So he was used in some pretty amazing ways. All right, and prior to this story that we're going to read, he had already, uh, he was hungry, and God sent birds, ravens, to feed him. All right, I maybe would have just kept being hungry. That's kind of weird. But these birds are like literally dropping food for him and feeding him. Like, that's, that's kind of crazy that God shows up in that way. Uh, he had this widow that was about to make the last meal and die because they were out of food. And he said, make me some bread. And, and the oil and the flour that she has just keeps replenishing over and over and over and over and over. Like, that's amazing. He's, he's been part of these. He had this square off with um, uh, uh, these prophets. He, at one point, he prayed for there to be a drought that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain for years. And then he squares off with all of these 850 prophets. God sends fire from the sky and burns up an offering. And then he turns around and prays that it would rain, and it rains. Like, he's been used in amazing things. All right? And that's important for us to understand. So I'm going to start 1 Kings 19, verse 1. It says, When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me, if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. All right, so this is like a, a dark moment for Elijah. Uh, and, and he's this great man of God. He, has, he had raised someone from the dead. Okay, that was one of the things that God had used him in. And he has this moment where he's filled with anxiety and fear. So understand this, just because you're a strong Christian doesn't mean you won't have anxious moments. And just because you have anxious moments does not mean that you aren't a strong Christian. All right, we are seeing a prophet, a man of God, have this kind of breakdown right here. But let's look at verse 3 at what he did. It said, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there when he went on alone into the wilderness. 
All right, Elijah chose to leave his servant and go on alone. And then a response says he, he reaches this place where he wants to die. Like he chose in the midst of this difficult situation to isolate himself. When we read that, it's like a weird, like, why did the author put that in there? Like it's such a small little detail. But I think it matters. He left his servant and he went on alone. He isolated himself. All right, in Mark chapter 14, we see a moment with Jesus. This is verse 32. Then they went to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter and James and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. All right, Jesus is feeling the weight of the world. He wanted to go and pray. And actually, he wanted to pray alone, but he still brought his three closest friends with him. All right, he brought, he brought them with him. He shared with them how he was feeling. He asked for help, kept them close, even when he had to be alone. He wanted to pray alone. He went on a little further and did that. But he brought them as far as he could. He shared with them. He said, this is what I've been feeling. Can you please pray with me? Like, this is the opposite of what we see with Elijah. If you are struggling with something, if you feel overwhelmed, if you don't know if, if you're going to, like, make it through whatever situation this is, do not push people away. Keep the right people close to you. All right, Jesus took his three closest friends with him. Don't shut yourself up in your house or in your room. All right, don't block people out or push them away. Be vulnerable. Share with, uh, with them what you are feeling. Share what your struggle is. And if they are the right people, you shouldn't need to be worried about being vulnerable. All right, there's times where we're like, I don't know if I can share everything going on in my life. I don't know if I can do that. What are they going to do with that information? Like, you have to surround yourself with the right people. All right, the third thing is this. A lack of integrity can result in anxiousness. Okay, now this sounds a little weird here, but let's explain this. All right, I want you to imagine this with me. And for some in this room, you don't have to try very hard to imagine because this describes your situation. All right, think about ha having to hide parts of your life. And you are always hoping that other people, specific people, don't find out about something in your life. Are you going to feel peace? Are you going to feel peace? Like if you're trying to make sure that your spouse doesn't find out about something you did or a conversation that you had or you're continuing to have or what you looked at or watched, like you won't feel peace. If you have to pretend to be someone different, if you wear a different mask depending on where you are and who you are with, all right, like during the week or at home, you're one way. And then at work, you kind of act a different way or at school, you act a different way. All right, and then on Friday night or Saturday night, you act a totally different way again. And then you come to church on Sunday morning and you try and put on this good Christian mask and everything's great and oh yeah, this is awesome. Like do you think you're going to feel peace as you juggle multiple lives hoping that somebody else doesn't figure this out? That they don't see the real you? Like that, that is going to cause stress, fear, anxiety in your life if that is how you are living. All right? Some of us have anxiety in our life because we always just feel unsettled and worried about these secrets that we are trying to keep. 
If you don't live with integrity, if you aren't the same person wherever you go, you will struggle to find peace. All right, verse 9, it said this, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. This is saying, like, don't just learn it. Live your life this way. It's not enough to know it. You have to live your life this way. All right, put it into practice. Live that way. Live with integrity. Number four, this is the last thing. You will not experience the peace of God without seeking God. All right, you might be able to find some type of peace in your life. You might start to feel good a little bit. But understand, the peace of God is something different. And you're not going to find the peace of God without seeking Him. When we look at this whole little passage in Philippians 4, it gives us this picture of how we should interact with God. We should rejoice with God. We should talk to God. We should ask questions of God. We should share what we need with God. We should thank God. We should think about God and things that honor Him. We should seek Him and honor Him with our actions. Like all of these things paint a picture of seeking God with more than just a little bit of time once a week. It paints the picture of a life devoted to God, to seeking after Him, wanting more of Him. And when you live that way, the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind, it says. But more than that, more than that, the God that is the source of that peace, He will be with you. Like I think sometimes we, we just want the peace from God, and God is saying, you know what, if you actually just wanted me, if you want more of me, I am the peace. Like, he embodies this. He is the God that gives peace. He is the God of peace. Now, these four things are meant to almost kind of be like a checklist. Like, if you are feeling anxious, if you're having a moment where you feel like anxiety is kind of coming on, run through this, all right? But the reality for some people is you will be able to go through this list, and your intake might be good, and you aren't isolating yourself, and you aren't living with secrets, and you are seeking God, maybe even asking for healing, but you might still not, you might still be experiencing anxiety. All right, or maybe you're in a spot where you can't even go through this list. Like, what you're feeling is so heavy and dark that, like, you should be seeking help at that point from a professional that can sit down with you and help you sort through this. All right, like, this, this checklist, I don't want this to be something that just sounds like, Oh, anything you go through, any anxiety that someone in the room would deal with can be fixed by just running through a little list. That is not always true. All right? There are some of us that we bring some of this on ourselves. There are some of us that we live with a little bit of a constant state of this. All right? And like I said, we are going to be spending some time talking about that next week. All right? Uh, and, and I think... Most of us, we go and see a doctor on a regular basis. And if you don't, like you should. Uh, and that's completely acceptable. But somewhere along the line, things got mixed up. And I feel like especially for some Christians, they started to think that dealing with mental health in any other way than just praying and having faith was bad. Like it was a lack of faith for them to go and see somebody and talk about some of these things. Like I've never been told that I have a lack of faith when I take a shot of insulin. I'm a type 1 diabetic. I need that. My body needs that to work the way that it should. All right, and yet somehow we've kind of transferred this over. Like, 
to mental health where we say that, oh, you should just pray about this more, have faith. God can heal people, absolutely. Absolutely. But I want us to do this. Uh, next week, I'm going to have someone joining me. Uh, he's actually my therapist, and he's a former pastor, still holds credentials, um, and an amazing friend. And I'm excited to basically just kind of ask him some questions, have an interview, and let him talk to us. And then I feel like God's just putting something on my heart of how to kind of challenge us at the end. It's not a bunch of answers. It really is just a challenge for us to kind of look at things in a new way. Um, and maybe you're here today and everything I said, like you deal with anxiety and you're like, this does not, this isn't, this isn't going to help me. And I would say, okay, like that's, that's, that's fine. All right, this is a serious thing for some people. But I want us to do this today. I think for many people in the room though, a lot of our, a lot of our stuff in our life the junk in our life is sometimes brought on by the choices we make, but sometimes is just made a lot worse by the choices that we make. All right? And, and I want us to be able to, to move forward in this. And I want to finish with one last story. Worship team, you guys can actually come. I want to finish with one last story. Uh, like I said, Pastor Kyle and I have been talking a lot about how do, we, how do we approach this conversation? This is a big thing. It's heavy. We don't have all the answers. But we don't want to shy away from it. Uh, and as we are talking through some of this, Kyle share with you because it was so perfect. It was so perfect. And uh, Kyle, his family, they, they've had a dog for a while. And then all of a sudden, uh, they had someone offer to give them another dog. And Kyle, at, at the start of this, I remember talking with him. And he's like, we have a puppy right now, and the puppy's crazy. Like, we're bringing in another puppy, basically. It's like 10 months old. Are we, are we just completely stupid to do this? And like, all these different things. Well, it was a type of dog you'd always want. It's this beautiful golden retriever that's kind of more that like white color. And, uh, and, and so they decided to take this dog in. And what they realized really quickly was that this dog... The dog's name is Tucker. Um, it, it actually has some pretty massive anxiety issues. Something happened in the first 10 months of its life, or maybe it was born with this. They don't really know. But it has some massive anxiety issues. Um, he is super bothered by loud noises, thunder, uh, doors slamming, gunshots. Anything like that will make him freak out. Uh, and many times just like take off running. All right, uh, and, and it's also bothered by going in vehicles or, or kennels, anything like that. Just struggles to deal with a lot of those things. Uh, and sometimes he's fine, and you don't notice anything. And other times it works up, and it's, it's really bad. All right, and, and that's honestly a little bit of how I think anxiety is in a lot of our lives. Like, there's times where everything's great, and there's moments, and you're like, why am I not able to, to walk through some things in my life? All right. And so Pastor Kyle said that he brought his dog to a local dog trainer. And at the very first meeting they had with the dog trainer, the trainer said something that was, that was great. All right. She said this. She said, the end goal isn't to make Tucker not afraid of these things. The goal is to change the way he responds when his anxiety is triggered. Right now, his response is to lay down or run away or run into the weeds 
all sorts of different things. And she's like, we don't want that. What we want, all right, and this is the trainer speaking. This is so good. What we want is when his anxiety hits, when he is triggered, we want to teach him to run to you and to look up at you and to feel your demeanor and your peace. Like that's what they want the dog to do. When anxiety hits, run to Kyle, sit at Kyle's feet, look up at him, and feel his peace. All right? Um, and, and your peace and your calmness, she says, will show him that this isn't something he needs to be afraid of. So when anxiety hits, like run to your owner and feel the peace right there. All right, many of us in the room, we need to learn that when our anxiety hits, when things are getting triggered by something in our life, that we need to run to Jesus, we look up at him, we see that he is in control, and that we don't need to be afraid. All right, and, and again, I don't mean this as an oversimplification. This is truly like we need to be able to find a place where we can go to him. Like this isn't about, you may not ever be able to move beyond some of these anxiety things. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. What you can do is you can change how you respond in these situations. Instead of isolating yourself, run to Jesus. Instead of filling your mind with negative things, run to Jesus. And in that moment, we can find our help and our peace and our freedom in Him. All right, that peace that passes all understanding can be found in Him. Can we just stand across the room this morning? There's all sorts of reasons that we might not feel at peace in our lives. All right, and some of those can be legitimate. And in those circumstances, I believe that God can give peace even though it doesn't make sense that you should feel peace. And some reasons uh, we don't feel peace is because we, we actually have something going on inside of us that is causing anxiety. I do believe that God can heal us. And I believe that God in his wisdom also, though, has equipped some professionals to help us walk through that. All right, but for some of us, for many people in the world, I would guess that, that we don't feel peace and there's, there's some steps that we can actually take to fix that. All right, so what are you taking into your mind? How are you responding in those situations? Are there things in your life that you need to come clean about so that you can begin to live with integrity and be the same person when you walk in here on a Sunday morning and when you're somewhere with friends on Friday or Saturday night and when you're at work with your work buddies, like the way that you act, the way that you talk is the same in each one of those situations. And if it isn't, I guarantee that that is going to be a source of anxiousness for you. Are you seeking after God daily? Are you fixing your thoughts and your life on Him? So I want us to do this just as we kind of spend some time reflecting on this. I want us, to, the worship team is actually going to lead us just in, in a short little part of a song here. All right, we sang the song last week too. The idea is this, like, God, I, I'm going to make room for you. I'm going to remove the other things in my life and I'm going to make room for you. And I think that's what many of us need to learn to be able to do, is we need to make room for God. So why don't we spend some time reflecting. You can sing, you can spend time praying, and then I'm going to close us out shortly after this. 
I want to give us an opportunity just to, in this moment, respond to God. Uh, I want to give us a chance. Can we just kind of eyes closed across this room just to make a moment between you and God right now? I know for some people, like this, this idea of anxiety, like it is, it is crippling your life. And it could be for various reasons. But right now what you know is I can't keep living this way. All right? And I want to give us a chance to just kind of say, God, right now I, I want this to change. I don't know what that path necessarily looks like. I'm going to start to try different things. I'm going to change what I'm bringing into my life. I'm, I'm going to do things differently. But right now what you would say is I know that anxiety is something that is completely almost controlling my life and I need to move beyond it. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up right now? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. God, I pray that, Lord, right now, that even in this moment, that we would just begin to feel just your peace. The peace that doesn't even always make sense. But right now, we would just feel your peace in the midst of this situation. God, and I pray that you would just guide us as we begin to walk forward and just say, okay, what is it that I can do to feel more of God's peace in my life and to feel less of the anxiety of this world And God, I pray that you would just begin to, to challenge us to highlight certain things that we need to change. God, and I pray that you would give us wisdom if there are people in our life that we love that are dealing with this. God, that you would give us wisdom of how to be there for them, to be uh, someone that they can be vulnerable with, God, if, if we need to change the way we think about things when it comes to mental health, Lord, I pray that you would just show us that as well. Last thing I want to do before we leave is just this. If you're here and maybe you feel like you've never, you've never taken a moment and said, God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to be what I live for. I want you to have control instead of me trying to do it my own way. If that's you and you would say right now, I, I wanna hand my life to God, would you just slip your hand up? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, thank you. Can we do this? Can we just across this place? I want us just to kind of declare this, to say this. There's nothing magical about it, but it's, it's a prayer that we can just kind of say, um, God, I, I want you to have control of my life instead of us trying to kind of do things on our own. And, and I want us to say this together and just take this moment to kind of uh, make this biggest decision that we can in our life. And I, I want us to do this together so that uh, we realize that this is not something that we're, we're making this step on our own. All right, so would you just kind of repeat this with me? Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for taking away all my mistakes. I want to live my life for you.
So help me to do that. Amen. Amen.